We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. Get access to our show notes and subscribe to our newsletter by checking out the details of this episode on your preferred podcasting platform or visit our website, holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And while you're on holdingdownthefortpodcast.com, be sure to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or our YouTube channel. If you got a lot of value from today's conversation, kindly leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or leave us a recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Hello, hello, everybody. Jen Amos here. Really excited to get into today's conversation, which is really important considering how holiday season is already around the corner. And uh, I think this is a conversation worth listening to, um, especially if you are a military family gearing up for the holidays. But before we get into that, I do have some exciting announcements. First and foremost, on November 17th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be performing at the Armed Services Arts Program Storytelling Bootcamp Grad Show, a story that I have compiled together, inspired by the last couple of months of my life. And in addition to that, I will be performing with fellow classmates who are anywhere from veterans, service members, military family members, and caregivers who also took the last couple of weeks with me to craft a six-minute story. So we are really, really, really excited for this performance. I hope that you will come join. It'll also give you a snippet into my personal life and what's been going on with me in these last couple of months. You can purchase your ticket today at asapasap.org, which is A-S-A-P-A-S-A-P.org. And if you go to the tab that says attend a show, that's where you can purchase your ticket. Make sure you choose the one that is titled Storytelling Bootcamp Grad Show Bravo. There are multiple classes, and so the class that I was a part of is the Bravo class. And once again, that will be taking place on Wednesday, November 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Would love to have your support, and also all proceeds go toward supporting veterans, service members, military family members, and caregivers take free art and comedy classes. All right, my next announcement, even though this had already passed, I thought it's still worth noting Congratulations to this year's Veteran and Military Spouse Entrepreneur Award winners. I had the fortune of coming back, thanks to the Rosie Network, to participate in the award ceremony, congratulate the award winners, and update the community on how holding down the fort has been since we won 2020 Media Professional of the Year. Becoming an award-winning media professional has provided a ton of recognition and opportunities for our show and myself personally. Earlier this year, Jenny Lynn and I were able to surpass and celebrate interviewing more than 100 individuals on our show since summer 2019, thanks to the recognition that we were able to receive from last year's award. I've also been offered many speaking engagements, including two keynote speeches this year. All of that because of an award. So thank you, Rosie Network, for just the opportunity to come back and to share my testimony (laughs) of becoming an award winner. And I am excited to see how all the award winners will take advantage of their new title for the year 2022. So here is a snippet of my congratulatory speech to this year's Rosie Network Entrepreneur Award winners. Take a listen. Hello, hello. Jen Amos here, creator and co-host of Holding Down the Fort podcast and last year's Media Professional of the Year. I just wanted to take a minute to congratulate all of the 2021 award winners and welcome you to the National Veteran and Military Spouse Entrepreneur Awards family. Becoming an award-winning media professional has provided a ton of recognition and opportunities for our show and myself professionally. Earlier this year, my co-host Jenny Lynch Stroop and I surpassed and celebrated interviewing more than 100 individuals in our community and for our community since summer 2019, thanks to the waiting list of guests that we've accumulated from last year's award. I've also been offered many speaking engagements, including two keynote speeches this year. Finally, thanks to all the stories and conversations we've had on our show, my colleagues and I at US Vet Wealth, 
the sponsor of Holding Down the Fort podcast, which by the way, fun fact, was also your 2018 Best Entrepreneur Startup Company awardee when we were formerly called US Vet Life. We've decided to make a sister show called The Spouse Benefit Plan, which will focus on stories and education for military couples wanting to make confident and informed family decisions on the survivor benefit plan. Now that we're family, I invite you to follow our journey at holdingdownthefortpodcast.com or our sister show, thespousebenefitplan.com. If this is what an award has done for me in one year, you best believe it's going to do some great things for you too. I'm excited to see where you will go from here. To my fellow finalists this year that didn't win an award, don't fret. The Rosie Network's got your back, so long as you continue to hustle and stay plugged in to this amazing, amazing community. Once again, congratulations to this year's National Veteran and Military Spouse Entrepreneur Award winners. Awesome. So once again, congratulations to this year's award winners at the Rose Network Entrepreneur Awards. In addition to being invited back, it actually gave me an opportunity to announce to the world (laughs) our new initiative at U.S. Bet Wealth. Thanks to everything that we have done here at Holding Down the Fort, thanks to all of our conversations and community members, everyone who has just been a part of the show has really inspired us to create a sister podcast called The Spouse Benefit Plan. So without further ado, here is the intro. Take a listen. Hello, hello, Jen Amos here, a gold star daughter, military families advocate, and your host of the Spouse Benefit Plan podcast, where we help career military families make the most important decision before transition to keep or opt out of the survivor benefit plan. This show is intended to be educational and not to be taken as financial advice. To discuss your unique financial situation, reach out to our show sponsor, US Vet Wealth at usvetwealth.com or check out our growing list of resources at our website, thespousebenefitplan.com. Now, let's get into the show. there you have it. Just a couple quick announcements for you. Remember, I am performing with my classmates at the ASAP at the Armed Services Arts Program Storytelling Bootcamp Grad Show Class Bravo with a B as in Bravo this Wednesday, November 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'd love for you to come out and support. It is on Zoom. It's virtual. You can check it out at asapasap.org. That's A-S-A-P-A-S-A-P.org. So that's the first announcement. The second one was to just congratulate this year's Veteran and Military Spouse Entrepreneur Award winners. And of course, the third thing was announcing our sister podcast show, The Spouse Benefit Plan, which you can now have access to our growing list of resources at thespousebenefitplan.com. All right, that's all I have to share for today. Really, really excited to get into this conversation today. Couldn't have come at a better time. We are joined with Dr. Leah Blaine and Joanna Goldstein, to talk about how military families can prepare for the holidays. And so without further ado, please enjoy today's conversation. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, glad to be here today. Yes. And I'm really excited because I feel like we've just had a morning together already having a conversation about our show on shout out to Britt Lanza's podcast show, Moments with an MEO. It was really fun to come on together as co-hosts to share a little bit about our experiences of being co-hosts together. Oh, I mean, I love any time that you and I get to partner together and do something, especially sharing the good news of holding down the fort. Like it is one of the joys of my life that I get to do this with you and talk to such great guests. And 
you know, put out information into a community I love so much. So I was so excited that she invited both of us and we got to be like real co-hosts going to another <laughs> show together. That was yes. fun. Yes. I want that to be like the standard now. Like we're like a package deal. <laughs> if anyone's going to invite me to anything. Well, with that being said, we are really excited to bring on fellow members of the Cohen Veterans Network. So let me go ahead and bring them on, starting with Dr. Leah Blaine. So Dr. Leah Blaine is a licensed clinical psychologist, clinic director, and military and veteran advocate. So Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. And also we have Joanna Goldstein, who is a licensed clinical social worker and staff therapist at the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic. So Joanna and Leah, thank you for joining us here today on Holding Down the Ports. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. So I thought I'd open up by asking this question, considering how our show is called Holding Down the Forts. Starting with you, Leah, what does holding down the forts look like for you nowadays? And what I'm really asking is, give us a quick snapshot of your life. Yeah, gosh, I feel like there's been a lot of holding down the fort over the last year and a half. It's been really real. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, getting to do this work every day, I work with the most amazing team in the world, and we have the best mission in the world. Providing care to our veterans and military family members, I think it just keeps us all going. And we really feed off of each other and feed off of what we're able to really hopefully give back to the community. And on the personal side, it has been like making sure I'm sticking with my workouts and snuggling my kiddos and just making sure that there's a lot of rejuvenation coming because there's a lot of stress going on right now. But yeah, so that's what it looks like on my side. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. I think that one thing I have come to realize in the pandemic, and it goes back to a book that actually Jenny Lynn recommended to me, Tribe by Sebastian Younger, where it's like, in a time of conflict, having a common cause with your people, with your community is a way to get through these hard times. And it's so great that you, Leah, were able to provide, you know, mental health services through the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic, alongside with Joanna, which we'll have her talk here in a second. And also, you know, thank you for also humanizing yourself and sharing a little bit of what's going on in your personal life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been very human. This, this past few months, we're all humans together. I love it. It's been very human. I, feel like yes. I love that response. That's like the first time I've ever heard that kind of response, and I love it. Joanna, I want to go ahead and turn it to you now. What does holding down the fort look like for you nowadays? Basically, give us a snapshot of your life today. Well, I want to piggyback on what Leah said, because she's my boss, and she is like the world's best boss. It has been the past year and a half really difficult. So this concept of like, you know, self-care, um, it's been really, really important to be able to balance because the work has felt so much harder. People have been under a lot of stress. And so to be able to, on non-work time, be able to carve out time. Like for me, like my big treat is massage. That's really, so I try to fit that in whenever I can. My kids are older, they're away in college. So, you know, kind of making sure that they're kind of doing what they need to do. Walking my dog is a huge part of my life. Yep, that's it. Balance. Balance is the key to holding down the fort for me. Yes, absolutely. Well, I love to share that things are very human. I second that wholeheartedly. You know, while they are internal Cohen Veterans Network employees, meaning that they see people within the clinic. I'm an external employee. So I've had a different level of stress as far as being in the mental health sector. I don't see patients. I see people who might be patients and invite them to come join us as a patient. And so our roles are different, but it's been, I mean, overall mental health across, I mean, our Cohen Veterans Network, as well as across the nation, I mean, has been largely impacted over the last, you know, 18 months to two years. And you know, it is both a privilege and a burden to work in that and to help people get the help that they need. And it is also very human because on the other side of wonderful therapy, everybody is a human and has a family and has things they have to do. I mean, we've shared multiple times on this show, my family PCS, like we uprooted and moved across the country. And, you know, I mean, that brings a certain level of change and humanity. And also I'm still working in mental health, trying to get people to take care of their own while balancing mine and my families. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that we kind of stay really attuned to as a team is, is how to make sure that we are kind of balancing that. And especially that role, you know, for our folks that are out in the community, you know, are kind of hearing, you know, some of the tougher stuff, right. And, and try and help folks connect and, and we call it like spread the good word but then really making sure that those folks are really integrated within our team as well, because 
we get to see that progress and see how those folks are progressing and changing. And, and you can just see it, like even whether it's remotely or in person, just see people as they're getting well, they just look different, right? And so making sure that we're passing that good news back to our, you know, especially our frontline folks, right? Our intake coordinator, our, you know, front desk coordinator, our outreach folks out on the ground, they don't get to see that progress as much sometimes as the clinicians do. And so keeping folks in the loop and keeping folks aware, I think helps just to keep that momentum and that energy going that, you know, this really the work we're doing has a huge impact. And every we I think this is the other thing that I just love about working with a military and veteran community is like every bit we can give to someone, we know those folks are going to go and give it to somebody else too, right? Because that is the cornerstone of our military and veteran community is service. And that extends beyond people's time in military service. So I think that's one of the really great privileges of working with this community is that you are paying dividends out into your entire community wherever you are. Yeah, it's like what you're doing is causing a ripple effect to not just a person you're helping, but the people that they end up impacting because you help them. I think what Jenny Lynn mentioned, that that's a huge issue. Uh, it's just part of military life that you get orders and you move wherever you're told to move. And, you know, that has an impact on spouses and on children and on families. And I find that spouses really need to support their spouse who's serving and they're serving too because they're making sure the spouse is in good shape and things are being held down at the fort, right? They're holding <laughs> down the fort at home and that their kids and, and kind of the helping kids to adjust just because you know that this is what the lifestyle is doesn't mean that it's easy to have to move around. And I agree with Leah wholeheartedly. I find that to be able to acknowledge and validate that it's difficult for people and to provide them the support they need to be able to continue to live a lifestyle that involves a lot more sacrifice than other people are used to making in their lives. And it's just, you know, that's part of the deal, right? And, and you do it willingly. Yeah. So that's kind of what sustains me in the work is that I know that I'm doing something that's going to help people be able to like sustain what they're doing. I really appreciate you saying that the military spouse is serving as well. And, you know, with my background, like having been raised as a military child for the first decade of my life, you know, the kids serve as well. And I just appreciate what Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic is doing in regards to validating everyone affiliated with the military that you are serving, <laughs> you know, and your needs and your concerns and your struggles and the problems you go through, they are very valid and real. And we want to be that resource for you to help. And so Leah, I want to go to you and if you could share a little bit about your background and, you know, what led you to working with Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic? Yeah, and we call it the Cohen Clinic at Penn for us just because it is, it's such a mouthful. But yeah, so my kind of what led me to here, you know, I grew up right by the joint bases in Jersey. So, you know, I feel like I always kind of had a I was next to the military community, though not in it myself. And then, you know, when I was kind of figuring out my path, clinical psychology really called to me and trauma recovery in particular, having, you know, just known a lot of people in my earlier years that were very impacted by trauma and really seeing that there was an opportunity to help folks in recovery and to kind of get back on whatever path they wanted to be. So that was me. That was grad school was, you know, trauma recovery, PTSD work. And I just so happened to start at the Baltimore VA for my internship postdoc. And I just fell in love with serving veterans. It was just very, very meaningful. Trauma work had always been. And then got this opportunity. I opened a clinic down by Fort Meade outside Baltimore, you know, teeny tiny. But then I got into the real secret that serving veterans and military families outside the VA was even more fun. And then this clinic came to be and so had the opportunity to come up here and open this clinic with some fabulous folks like Joanna, a number of folks that are still on our team. And I think that is the piece that we were all the most excited about and that everyone we talked to is always the most excited about is that we can serve the entire family, even if that veteran or service member isn't involved. Right. So if your partner doesn't want to come in, if the parent's not in or say they're seen at the VA and the kiddo needs to come, that opportunity to fill in those gaps has been so inspiring. And then getting to work with fabulous people like Joanna, who does all this amazing work with families and kiddos that I don't do and learning from her. And I think it makes every member of our team better. Right. So even if I just work with some of our adult clients, I do that in a better way 
more informed way because now I'm thinking about who they are as parents. So it really, I think that the clinic is kind of a microcosm of our community and all those intersecting layers. Yeah, I think that's really incredible. And before I ask the same question to you, Joanna, I want to check in with Jenny Lynn, because I know during the pandemic, a lot of your work has been helping open other clinics, <laughs> I think, around America. So I'm curious if you had any thoughts after everything that Leah has shared so far. I mean, the one thing that like really made me smile that nobody gets to see because they're listening to us and not watching us is, you know, that we do serve the whole military family as a military spouse and member of a military family. You know, I love that I work for an organization that fills that gap because we inherently as a military community have tons of resources, but not all of them apply to every single piece of the military family like Cohen Veterans Network does. And so it is my great privilege and honor to be able to be a part of the community that we serve and go, we serve all of you. Like everybody can come here. And regardless of the service member or veterans involvement, I think that's another huge piece. You know, one of the things that we often get a lot of questions about is like, well, how do we come? Well, as a spouse or a kiddo, like we can self-refer. You have to have nothing other than your own willingness to call a clinic to get the help that you and or your kids need and that we do it in a variety of ways. I mean, we can see siblings, we can see them individually, we can see parents and kids, we can see just the parent. Like there's so many things that we have the ability to do within the Cohen Veterans Network to serve the whole family and help the whole family get back to better that like, it really is fun. And yes, like Leah, I am part of two new clinics. It's super fun to like be a part of that opening and see like, these other areas respond to, oh my gosh, we are so happy for the help. Like we have been impacted in these 14 different ways and you are meeting the needs of those in a way that we cannot. And so, yeah, it's really fun because I joined a team that was already established. So to be part of the new opening is fun. That's really cool. I actually didn't realize that you were getting to cover both. And I do think that that's been a fun piece for us. So we serve and and again, like being part of the military community, every time you talk to somebody, they're like, oh, is there a clinic here? Is there a clinic there? So even though each of our clinics is kind of in a local area, we really do connect with each other all the time and support people across the country. But even just our little clinic in Philly, you know, we serve the tri-state area. We've served folks as far out as Pittsburgh, all the way down into Delaware and through Jersey. And so I think being able to continue to, you know, just to bring that message out further, I think that is the spirit of the Cohen Veterans Network. That is the mission, is to fill those gaps, decrease those barriers, make sure that everybody can get the help when they need it, right? So it's not just that, you know, we're here to support people, but really we have that almost prevention kind of mission, right? Catch it early, come in get that care. Don't wait till it's a crisis. If you do wait till a crisis, it's okay. You're right over crisis happens quickly. We've still got you. But really that idea that, you know, you can just come right in. You don't have to worry. I know some people are like, well, I don't meet criteria for a diagnosis. We've had folks who've been turned away from the VA previously because they didn't meet criteria for a full diagnosis, which is understandable. But in our clinic, we just have more flexibility. So you can just come in just because you're not feeling right. You don't feel like yourself. You're not getting along with people. You're not quite sleeping right and catch it early so it doesn't snowball. So it's been, again, like another really cool and unique aspect of this particular model. Yeah, I really love that inclusivity. You know, I agree with your enthusiasm and that it's great that this network of clinics exists and that uh, we're able to provide, to fill in this kind of gap of services and provide the ability for people who maybe go to the VA or don't want to go to the VA or families who aren't eligible to go to the VA, or maybe we're more conveniently located to where they are living than military resources are, which happens in our area a little mm -hmm. bit to drive up to the joint base it's for people filled out about an hour and a half so we're just a little bit more convenient for people to be able to get um support so yeah yeah absolutely well joanna tell us a little bit about your background what led you to the cohen clinic yeah no so i actually had i'm a first generation american so nobody in my family had served in the u.s military they served in military in other countries but not here and so this was like a whole new area. Um, I've always been interested in trauma because of being an immigrant. I always worked with immigrant families. I have worked with kids throughout my career. So this was this really great opportunity to learn about the U.S. military. And one of the most surprising and interesting pieces for me has been how diverse 
the population. There are a lot of first-generation Americans serving in the military, navigating, being an, a really proud Americans and serving their country that has taken them in and working with people who are like, you know, can count several generations of people in the military. And this is like a point of pride for their families to serve. So everything that I've been learning has, and I love learning. So, you know, to kind of get into this new area, it's actually made the work so much more meaningful to know that I'm providing support to people who have made great sacrifice. So to be able to help kids be able to, you know, deal with their parent deploying and not seeing them every day or not being able to talk to them as much, worrying about their parent wherever they are. So I feel like the, to build that resilience of that child, that like, yes, these are real worries and, you know, you're going to be okay, whatever happens, and we're going to work together to get there. A parent who's worried about their spouse, but also like worried about their kid who's having a hard time. So it's just been like the opportunity to do work that feels so meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. One thing I love about continuing to be involved in the military community is its overall diversity. I mean, by nature, you know, you have to be inclusive, you have to work together to survive, you know, and so there's just that overall spirit of inclusivity and working together and diversity. And I'm repeating my words, but you know what I'm saying? You know, a little bit about like my background, my parents are immigrants from the Philippines. And hadn't it been my dad joining the US Navy, I wouldn't have been born as an American and I wouldn't be able to be talking to you all today. And so it was interesting to have grown up in that environment where I have, you know, let's say the Filipino culture in the household, but you're stepping out into wherever we were stationed into the Japanese society or the American society or South Korea society and trying to navigate all that while, you know, trying to find your identity in all of that. And so I appreciate, you know, where you're coming from, where your background is and to be able to be cognizant of the fact that there are, let's say, a lot of foreign spouses that are in the military community and what have you, because it's a true, it's a real thing. And to be quite honest, I wish I had more guests on our show who could represent that demographic. <laughs> and so that's something that I feel like I need to make more of an initiative to do. But either way, Leah and Joanna really appreciate you both sharing a little bit about your background and what led you to the Cohen Network. With that being said, I'm really excited to get into our conversation today, which has to do with families and the holidays. So at the time that this is being released, this is right before, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and every other holiday that takes place toward the end of the year. So Leah, I just want to start with you. Do you have any opening thoughts in preparing <laughs> for this holiday season, especially for military families? Yeah. So I feel like always around the holidays, it's kind of starting with that grounding and just expectation management, right? Like I love the holidays. Like I geek out. I love it so much, but we get so kind of wrapped into like what it should be or what it needs to be. And that's extra complicated if you are stationed away from loved ones, especially in the context of the pandemic. Now, potentially not being able to travel or not being able to travel easily or, or whatever that might look like for different families this particular holiday season. And so, you know, I think there's always just like, you know, just like we were talking about earlier are, you know, what kind of keeps us, you know, good as we hold down the fort, right, is staying connected with that mission and that purpose, right? So what do we care about during the holidays, whatever it is that you're celebrating? For a lot of people, it is family. So if you can't be physically together, how do we still get that connection? You know, for a lot of people, it's, you know, we just think of kids, like our kiddos are just it, right? And, and it's presence and it's, but, it, you know, really kind of connecting with is that, you know, is that what we intend to be doing? So that intentionality and kind of that expectation setting and really just making sure that whatever we're kind of putting ourselves up against that we intend to be doing so. So I think it, especially, you know, when the American holiday celebration, the wheels can come off quickly, you know, with Black Friday kind of just, you know, things can kind of go off the rails. So I think just for everyone at the holidays, just centering before we launch into that to really kind of make sure that we're being intentional about whatever it is that we're going to do and however we're going to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Jenny Lynn, you're back home in so many levels. You know, you're back in Hampton Roads with your parents and your community and your childhood friends in a sense. And so I'm curious, like, you know, what are your initial thoughts in knowing that, you know, your family is going to actually celebrate the holidays back home? I have a lot of excitement. In fact, I just yesterday was texting with my cousin's wife. We're going to their house for Thanksgiving. Their kids and my kids are about the same age. And it just like, 
brings such joy, I think is the right word to like be able to do that because we've lived away from this area for almost a decade. And there have been Christmases where like my parents have come to us and my sisters or we have gone there. But to be home and be able to do it is so fun. And also it just relieves, you know, as military family, it just relieves some of the pressure of like, what are we going to do? Last year, our grand plan was we were going to close out our time in California by taking our kids to Disneyland. And we were going to like go and wake up there on Christmas Day. Well, enter, you know, worldwide pandemic, Disneyland closes, we don't get to go to Disneyland. And so and neither could anyone travel. So we we lost the option of like hanging out with family. We lost the fun option we had. And, you know, my husband and I were looking at each other like, well, now what? Like, what do we do? Like, we've lived in six months of suck. Like, our kids are over it. We're over it. Nobody can come. Like, all of the traditions and all of the things that, like, have meant so much to us is, you know, I mean, even having friends in the house and doing gingerbread houses, like... So I will admit, like last year, we were like the family that was like, let's over gift everyone because we have nothing else to do, you know, which has then led us to this year of like, okay, well, now we can go and do things and now we can be with family. So, you know, we are doing a little redefining because we have the option of like driving to my parents' house or driving to my aunt and uncle's house, you know, and I can already feel like my kids being like, so, but like what are we doing for Christmas? Like, it's going to be big again, right? And internally, I'm like, does it have to be? Like, we can actually go and do things. Like, can't we put the focus there? Like, I know last year was fun because there was a lot to unwrap, but like this year, let's roll it back a little. And so those are some of the conversations like Matthew and I are having of like, okay, well, what does this look like this year? And I think, you know, even more so than civilian families, that's a conversation we have every year. Every year we have to define it. it are his parents coming? Are we going? Like, you know, and this year, I think we have a little more of that. Last year was a very much like everyone's stuck at home. So this is we have what we have. And this year, as things are various levels of open and various levels of comfortability, it is a big question that is weighing heavily on especially the Biden's military families, because the option is there for people to come and go. And what does that look like? Like safety wise, you know, military restriction wise, family wise, like what does that look like? So I'm really grateful to be home and drive down the street. That's, that's, where, we're at. that's where we're at in the street now. <laughs> right. C- counting your blessings. Yeah. yeah. You know, Joanna, Leah had hinted that, you know, you primarily focus on military families. So I'm sure this is a very interesting, a very exciting topic for you to be a part of today. No, absolutely. Yes. Yes. I do work with kids and families in our clinic. And I think for the holidays and Jenny Lynn spoke of, you know, so many families are not able to, whether because they're stationed far away from their families and the cost of travel, you know, is high over the past one holiday. So I think one of the pieces is really about being able to, like Leah said, manage expectations, right? And I think something that can be very helpful is creating your own family traditions, the kind of like your own nuclear family. So no matter where you are, it doesn't have to be how you celebrate doesn't have to be dependent on being in a particular location. It means that you can create, you know, because that's a lot of what the holidays really are is bringing us back to kind of childhood memories and the people who we were with and the things that we did. So to be able to create some rituals for your family and now that Zoom or sort of kind of teleconferencing has become so popular, you know, those are ways to be able to incorporate maybe, you know, more extended family to be able to, you know, fulfill like your rituals, but also be connected. Because I think the holidays are also about that, being connected to the people that you care about. I mean, I just like recently, you know, I, I think one of the pieces I've had families tell me that they don't know how much to gift because they're going to be moving around so much. And so none of the, like, not everything can make it from place to place. So they have to manage you know, because they don't have necessarily yet like their like forever home. That's the way a family kind of called it. They 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 have had a, a forever home. They ended up selling it because they realize it's not where they're going to ultimately end up being. So I think not having a place and having to kind of think like every few years you're moving. And I think that's hard for kids and families. Parents really want to make holidays special for kids, regardless. And especially if the parent who's serving isn't 
around, right, for the holidays, that can be a really hard time. So I always think balance, too. That's really what I've been focusing with kids, rather than always focusing on, like, what the negative aspects is kind of balancing that there, there are upsides and trying to keep, you know, like looking forward to something. And again, I'll come back to it. Maybe it's looking forward to those rituals that just your family does and you can incorporate other family members. Yeah, you know, I've always felt like there was this high, high pressure and expectations around the holidays for it to be something super perfect, you know. And for me, especially December, it's a very sensitive time for me because, you know, it's not just the holidays. It's also my birthday and it's also my dad's birthday. And so it's always been like this weird, like, I feel fortunate that a couple of years ago, I started to anticipate seasonal depression. I was like, oh, I have seasonal depression. <laughs> like I legitimately have it, especially in December. And I remember the first time I actually sought out help during the holiday season, it made all the difference. I was like, I didn't know I needed that. I just thought that for the rest of my life, December was going to be the most depressing, you know, month for me. And I think, again, a lot of it has to do with this, like, odd pressure for it to be perfect. And so I like how in hearing you all talk so far, like, just the importance of, you know, redefining what the holidays mean for you, you know, setting up those rituals, those traditions, and being open to switching it up, depending on where you're at, depending on how in close proximity you are to your family or not. I think just having just having that primary objective, just like what Leah was saying early on, setting those intentions early on of what you really want to get out of this year and the holidays is extremely important. And I'd like to just, you know, say like to get some help. <laughs> like it's okay. Like you don't have to take a break off of your mental health <laughs> while while it's the holiday season. So Leah, I see you're nodding a lot. So I want to check in with you and see your thoughts. It's funny. That was Jed, that was like the exact other piece that I was thinking as as I was kind of initially responding. It's like, and keep taking care of yourself, right? Like you have to, like you also have to keep working out, keep walking the dog, keep whatever it is that you do. It can't go on pause when you have high stress periods, whether it's you stress, right? Like positive stressors are still stressors when you're moving, when it's the holidays, right? Like there are those times because then that makes you vulnerable to a crash, right? So you've got to just keep taking care of yourself and I think especially for families, you know, we're talking about with kiddos, but even folks without kiddos, right? There's still pressure of like being together and being on and being this. And, you know, just this idea of coming back to the expectations component of family as well, especially I was, oh, I was coming back to kind of thinking about like where Jenny was talking about like being near family actually can add expectations as well because then it's like well how many family members can you hit on actual Christmas day right like it can kind of level up in ways that can be unhelpful so that guilt that people can experience of like well if I don't work out or if I don't do this then we can squeeze this extra thing in or I could go and do this extra thing you know maybe it's more important for the kids to make the gingerbread houses than it is for me to have lunch with my girlfriend, right? And so it kind of starts, the the equations start to shift. And so I think, you know, and it's a wonderful thing about our culture to put other people first, but the challenge is that when we do that over a long period of time, we burn out. And so I think that's another piece of that intentionality is, is really keeping a check on the guilt that can come any holiday season, but just any day of any of our lives, right? Like there's always going to be more that not just that we feel like we should do, but probably that we want to do than we can. And so again, just that intentionality and getting okay with whatever has to be left off, right? Like maybe auntie needs to get a card instead of a face-to-face visit this year and we'll try to hit her next year. That's great, right? Like we, we just have to be mindful of not letting ourselves feel bad about whatever we can't get to. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I want to respond to something you said, Jet, which is that you were talking about December. Was it always going to be associated? I think one of the really important things, it's okay to not be okay. I know it's a really used phrase, but that's really like what our clinic and other clinics like ours are there for. It's okay. You don't need to figure it out. If you're not feeling okay, reach out, get support. And I think the holidays really do bring that up. There are a lot of expectations, especially let's say this is a holiday where you're not going to be able to be with anybody. And there's a lot of disappointment around that. Or what Jenny Lynn said, the year they couldn't, you know, last year they couldn't travel. They couldn't, you know, have their goodbye to California in the way they wanted to have it. Right. So being okay with acknowledging disappointment, you know, as a mental health professional, obviously we don't want people to get stuck in the kind of like, 
only looking at the negative things, but I think in order to be able to kind of refocus on, for example, okay, we can't do this, but what can we do is you have to acknowledge the disappointment. You have to acknowledge what isn't the way you wish it could be, right? Because I think that's a piece that if, if you try to kind of gloss that over or pretend that you don't feel that way, it actually makes that feeling get bigger. And so I think like the real message is like reach out for support, whether it's on the professional level or whether it's for friends or family. I think kind of, you know, it's not what we're talking about today, but there's a big stoicism and, and kind of like just powering through that's part of military culture. So it's not just the service person, but families sort of take that on. Like, you know, we have to be okay no matter what. We cannot let like, and I think to kind of, you don't need to do that. Like you, you will actually be more resilient to be able to do more if you can acknowledge in the areas where you're struggling and kind of get the support that you need to be able to get back to all the other responsibilities that you have in your life to be able to, to manage. Yeah, it's actually interesting how we repel disappointment and, you know, yeah, disappointment. It's like you want to try to avoid that feeling as much as possible and work around it as much as possible, but it comes back like twice as hard. I mean, this is so like, so many things I'm like, so what are your actual tips for 12 year olds? Like, that's really, that's really what was going through my brain. Like, mm, we're having a little trouble there. You know, no, I mean, I can say honestly, for my family, like one of the things that has helped us, regardless of where we lived and what our holiday situation was going to look like, you know, for us to do something as our family of four. And now I say that fully acknowledging that for all of these years, my husband has not been deployed over like the holiday season. And so it has been for our family of four. And it's that we do new Christmas pajamas, a movie and hot chocolate. Like, and that is in varying degrees. Like some years it's new, all three, some years it's one thing is new. And we put on our favorite movie. Like this year, it's probably going to be that we pull up whatever's on Netflix. We want to watch, we throw on like our sweatpants and we drink some new hot chocolate. Cause last year when we you know, go big or go home. We got all new things that we can reuse this year, you know, and that's been super helpful as something that my kids look forward to. That's like kind of the thing that we do for the holiday, regardless of where we've lived and regardless of whether or not other people were joining us or we were joining other people, you know, but as far as that managing expectation and disappointment, you know, I have a 10 year old and a well, by the time this podcast comes out, a 12 year old, he'll be 12 on Thursday, you know, and I am just finding like, oh my gosh, I am so grateful for the many years I've had, you know, good mental health help because, you know, his solution, it's not going to work. Like, you know, we were dealing with some middle school stuff this morning and everything I said, well, we have this and we have this, or we could do this and we could do this. And it was like, no, it's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. You know, and I think, you know, the same is already coming up about the holidays. If it doesn't look exactly like they think it's going to look, it's an automatic fail. And really trying to help two little people whose brains are not fully, I mean, let's be honest, I'm a fully functioning adult. I'm almost 40. And there are days that I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to do it everything is terrible, <laughs> like set it all on fire and start over, you know, so trying to help two people that aren't fully developed, like really come to terms with, yes, this is different. And also it's not bad, you know, as a parent, it is sometimes very difficult. And also I am grateful for the really good like therapy I've received so that I can walk them through those things to the best of my ability. Jenny Lynn. Some of the strategies like are obviously more specific to a specific kid because not every kid is, is the same. But as a, on a general level, I, I find that one of the things that can trip parents up is that you're already stressed out, right? So you don't want to necessarily hear your child complain because you already have a lot of guilt, maybe about moving, maybe about not being able to do something. But I think something that can be very powerful for kids is to just, if you can make space to just listen to them, and you don't have to necessarily have a solution. I think just to feel heard is such a basic human need and to be able to provide that for your child that, hey, like they can tell you how much it sucks, right? How much they're going to miss their friends, how much they wish. And all you need to then say is maybe give them a hug and say, I know. Yeah, I wish it wasn't like this. I'm so glad that you could tell me how you're feeling. 
and then they feel heard and validated and then you can sort of then all pivot together to like okay how we're going to make the best of this and it's it sounds so simple but it's actually hard to do just because you know like like leah started off with like you know how human we all are and the humanness of all this yeah parents are humans and as humans we're impacted and sometimes you know as much as we want to be able to provide for our kids our kids push our buttons too we just kind of want them to get with a program and not have an extra need that we need to take care of but i think you know making it as simple and as basic as just let me hear them out it's what i would want someone to just listen to me i don't necessarily need someone to solve the problems all the time i just know i need someone to like hear how i'm feeling how i'm experiencing what's going on and just say it's going to be you know I hear you. I love you. You know, we're going to get through this together. Yeah. You know, coming from a family where acts of service is their way of showing love. If my family were to give me words of affirmation <laughs> growing up, I think I would be a, in a better place today. Although I don't think I turned out bad, but still like, you're right. I agree with you, Joanna. Even if my mom had just, you know, validated my feelings growing up rather than fixing it or not even acknowledging it at all, like just stonewalling me. I think it would have made to be a lot better. So I think that's a great advice to give to parents, um, especially for these upcoming holidays, is to just sit with them and validate their feelings and be there with them. I mean, I think Joanna is, is so good at what she does. And I think that, you know, that that is so hard when you're stressed as a family member, as a loved one. And so I think to kind of re-up on what Joanna had pointed to before is if that's hard, right? reach out for that help. Like it does not have to be at a crisis moment. You know, if, if you want to be able to be supportive to your kids, but they are pushing your buttons and you just need a little extra help so you can be grounded for you and for them, like you have the supports available. And I think that is the best news, right? Is that we can help parents through this and partners, right? Because I think that's the other piece of that we do a lot is work with couples and families. And I think it's even harder when it's another adult, right? To be like, you know, so being, you know, clear with your communication of, you know, I am asking you for support right now. I don't want you to fix anything. I don't want you to throw a solve at me. I just need you to let me rant at you about how bummed I am that we can't do X, Y, or Z this holiday. And I wish that we didn't have to go to your parents because I want to go to my parents, whatever it is. And it's okay to just then right in for the partner to just be able to be supportive, just like you would with a kiddo. I think that's one of the number one pitfalls that we see for, for couples that we work with and co-parents that we work with is that they're not being clear about what they need in that moment, right? And so just that, hey, I'm asking for support or I'm asking for help in problem solving, right? That has avoided a lot of arguments for a lot of the people that we work with, you know, as well as ourselves. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like the overarching theme is, you know, your mental health doesn't have to go on break in the holiday season. It, it should, in fact, be fully supported. And of course, we have resources such as the Cohen Clinic, you know, available should you need that during the holiday season. Okay, awesome. So as we start to wrap up, you know, I really just appreciated our conversation. I feel like I got a lot out of it. And I feel like the little girl in me who was a military child feels validated, you know, by this conversation. So thank you for everything that you shared today. And of course, there's so much more we could share. But you know, for the sake of time, Leah, why don't you share some resources as we close out our conversation that people can refer to after the show? Awesome. Yeah. And so I think just as much as, you know, we said, don't wait till there's a crisis. Also, it just, I always like to plug if there is a crisis, the Veterans Crisis Line is excellent. So that's 800-273-8255. Press one if you're a veteran or calling about a veteran. And the other one that we love, the Cohen Veterans Network partners with is Vets for Warriors. So it's a peer-to-peer 24-7 hotline as well as chat. They're at 855-838-8255. So again, even if you feel like you're alone during the holidays, if a, if a partner is deployed, if you can't be in your family, there are 24-7 resources to support you and your loved ones. Awesome. Thank you, Leah. Joanna, any other resources you want to add on top of that? Well, I think there's always military one source to like just be able to reach out to and see like how they can connect you to whatever other resources or any liaisons that you know you know are there that to help connect your family to other supports, whether within the military or outside of the military. I would encourage families to use, you know, any and all resources that are available to them. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's really important to uh, flood our military families with all these resources <laughs> for the holidays in hopes that they'll use at least one should they need it. 
So yeah, thank you again, Leah and Joanna, so much for joining us. Jenny Lynn, I know that you have some resources as well you want to share uh, before we close out. I do. You know, in addition to the excellent partners that Leah and Joanna mentioned, we at the Cohen Veterans Network also have um, several resources actually available on our website. So if you are not in immediate crisis and in need of immediate help, we do have something called the Tools for Stress and Worry. It's a self-paced course that basically walks you through how to help yourself kind of come down from some of those anxious feelings and stress and worry, especially during the holidays. It is not a holiday course, but of course, with the added stress of the holidays, it is something great that you can do for yourself on your own time. And the other thing on our website is CBN Presents, and it's people like Leah and Joanna from across our network who have recorded awesome, you know, basically training videos on everything from insomnia to anxiety to trauma care. And you can watch any of those on, you know, through the link on our website, they come up on YouTube. If there's a particular topic that you're looking for some extra help on, and as always, you know, CohenVeteransNetwork.org, you can see where our current 19 clinics are open across the country. You can also see the fun red dots that are the coming soon. Chances are we are in a neighborhood that you're in. And if not, you know, we may actually still serve your area. Call the clinic closest to you to find out the resources near you. Yes. So really what we're saying is there are no excuses to mental health. <laughs> we say that with love. We say with love. Again, Leah, Joanna, Jenny Lynn, thank you so much for this conversation today. And to our listeners, happy holidays. We hope that you enjoy the holidays and you set your intentions right and your expectations. And please don't put your mental health on a break. With that being said, thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Till the next time. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. Get access to our show notes and subscribe to our newsletter by checking out the details of this episode on your preferred podcasting platform or visit our website, holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And while you're on holdingdownthefortpodcast.com, be sure to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or our YouTube channel. If you got a lot of value from today's conversation, kindly leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or leave us a recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Yeah.